Miami gets beat badly in Denver, but perhaps no one more so than Markeith Morris, who was flagrantly fouled by MVP Nikola Jokic. We'll break down the tense end of the game and more coming up next. You are locked on heat. Your daily Miami heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. It's a Tuesday edition of Locked On Heat, your daily podcast covering all things Miami Heat. However, you may be listening on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite pod, uh, podcast app. Thank you so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. I'm David Ramil. With me, as always, is my co-host, Wes Goldberg. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. Tell them locked on, uh, locked on, <laughs> visit rockauto.com and tell them locked on sent you. We'll be handing out report cards and answering late, uh, listener questions later on in the show, but we'll kick off today's episode from the Mile High City as your Miami Heat kicked off a five game road trip in Denver late Monday night. It was an ugly game for the Heat, who were absolutely stonewalled by the best defensive team in the league, held to just 39% shooting all night. It winds up a 113-96 loss to Miami for Miami as they dropped to 7-3 on the season. But none of that seemed to matter because with about two and a half minutes left in the game, Nikola Jokic appeared to foul Bam at a bayou on one end as Bam was trying to score. Nikola seemed to taunt Bam on the way as he was bringing the ball up court. And then Markeith Morris tried to stop the clock as time was winding down, delivered a hard foul to Jokic. As Morris walked away from the play, Nikola Jokic lunged all 280-plus pounds of him directly into Morris's back, snapping his neck backwards. Morris crumpled to the ground in obvious pain as players started to get into it. A lot of yelling going on, players laughing from the Denver bench. Jimmy Butler taunting half of the Nuggets roster at that point in time. And meanwhile, Morris still lying on the ground as a stretcher was rolled out. Eventually, uh, the officiating was able to clear things up. Markeith Morris was inexplicably issued a flagrant foul. Jokic was also issued a technical foul for unsportsmanlike conduct. He was ejected from the game. And uh, Jimmy was also issued a technical foul. But Wes, what an ugly way to end the game. That was a terrible night for Miami. But just a really, really strange, ugly scene. And what Eric Spolster called a dangerous, dirty play from Nikola Jokic. What were your thoughts? Well, first, you you think first and foremost for Markeith Morris's health, right? Because that's not just something that could impact this team from a basketball perspective. He's such an important player in that front court from a depth perspective, of course. But you you that's that's a really scary thing when you see a stretcher come out. And if it's a back thing, I mean, it's not it's not too outrageous to say that that could have been career ending the way that he was down there like that there is there is that kind of threat when you start talking about the spinal cord and things like that and it was just an ugly scene in Denver everything about it was not good you hated to see the Denver Nuggets players and the Miami Heat players getting into a a scuffle in the middle of the court right after that you understand that tempers were 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 inflamed at that point but then the Nuggets players sort of high-fiving things out on the bench and then the Nuggets fans chanting MVP for Nikola Jokic and you could almost see Nikola Jokic kind of realizing what he had done, right? This is a He's got a temper. He's got a temper. He's got a reputation for this. And over the years, he's worked on it, but it it tends to flare up in in really terrible ways. I mean, not just for the Nuggets at times where it's really costly. I mean, he got ejected in the elimination game for them last year in the playoffs last year when he lost his temper. And then he does something like this, and it's just – there's no place like this for anything in the game. If you think that maybe Morris deserved it because it was a hard foul, then you just don't know what you're talking about. That's not okay. Hard right. fouls happen all the time. They're part of the game. That's why we have the flagrant one and two system 
in place. That there's an understanding that, hey, maybe it's not basketball related. This is a way for us to penalize you for that if it's a particularly hard foul. But something like this, David, something like this that is completely retaliatory, has nothing to do with what's happening on the court whatsoever. This has no place in the game. He deserved to be uh, uh, ejected, no doubt about it. He probably will be suspended at least one game, if not more. He's going to lose money, and he should, because like I said, no place for something like this in this game. Absolutely unbelievable. Again, it, it seemed like it's just covered up everything. As bad as Miami played, and they did, and we'll talk about that later on, especially some individual player performances that were well less than savory. At the same time, just it, it's just darkened everything. It was a bad yeah. game, a tense one for Miami. You could tell they were trying to mount some kind of a comeback. It was probably very a, a very futile effort, but they were trying harder in the fourth quarter than they had been at any point throughout the game. And I guess... Nikola Jokic took some kind of exception to that. I'm not exactly sure what happened between him and Bam Adebayo. Look, Jokic is a player who loves being. You think physical. it was a Bam thing that started it? Because I I, I noticed the 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 scuffle. But Jokic had Bam's number. I mean, he was eating Bam's sure. lunch all night. For I, sure. I just can't imagine why all of a sudden. I mean, but then again, like I, I can't even imagine being in this guy's head. He gets a hard foul from Mark. I mean, this guy's almost 300 pounds. Like you said, he doesn't yep. get hard fouls all the time. He's an MVP candidate. He's not being hard fouled all the time for something like some minor. It's very weird because he just he kind of just lazily. I mean, he's got this reputation for being soft and all that, but he is probably sneakily strong. Uh, oh, yeah. We know about his brothers and everything else like that. He just has the, the, the kind of weird country strength or whatever you want to call it, even though he may not necessarily look like a strong physical specimen. But he just kind of drapes his body all over you, puts pressure on opposing players. And then whenever anybody makes contact with him, he's flailing about like he's never gotten a foul in his whole life. And I know that Bam plays somewhat physically, being just the kind of player he is. He never shies away from contact, and he never really cries for a foul either, unlike Jokic. And I guess they had just been going at it all night. I'd seen some of that playing going on before, you know, where it was getting kind of tense, and you could tell that Jokic was looking for foul calls that he wasn't necessarily getting. And then he kind of got his measure back uh, when he blocked Bam's uh, uh, shot attempt at the other end, and that kind of led to the taunting, as I mentioned. So maybe there was some of that tension going into it as Morris kind of yeah. laid into him. But as you know, Spolstra said after the game, it was just a take foul. It wasn't that big a deal. It didn't. I didn't even notice it as it was taking you know, place. And then all of a sudden, you see just Jokic loses cool and completely attack Morris when his back was turned. That yeah. was a chicken I mean, shit play. Like I, I mean, I don't. I never really attack players like this because I understand it's a tense game and there's always going to be some tension running. And it's just a physical nature of the game. But what the hell was that? It was just absolutely ridiculous. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm losing my cool here. No, no, it's fine. I mean, just I'll, I'll watch my back here. But uh, I, <laughs> you better. <laughs> I don't like I said, there's no place for it. I don't under, like you know, Shaq, LeBron, big guys like this that take fouls all the time will always say, hey, just because I get fouled it doesn't look like it's a big deal doesn't mean it wasn't a really hard hit, right? It's just that I'm huge and I don't move the same way other players move. So maybe Man. there was some of that. Maybe Markeith Morris really did just lay into Jokic. Maybe maybe Markeith Morris was super upset that the Heat were down 20 points and he just wanted to take it out on the guy who was beating, beating their butts pretty bad in the paint. Uh, maybe all of that is true. Maybe. I don't think it was. I saw the... I watched the replay several times. I don't think it was that hard of a foul. Let's just say it was all true. Still, no reason for Jokic to do what he did. There's still no reason for Jokic to do what he did. Um, I, I think the NBA has to come down hard on this because uh, Eric Spolster said this after the game. 
had Markeith Morris actually been facing Jokic, it could have been worse. It looks really bad when you take the cheap shot from behind and he's not expecting it. But God forbid he was actually looking at Jokic and he get and, and Jokic gets him in the in the throat, the esophagus or something like that, or in the chest, and then he flies back flies back and he hits the back of his head and he has a concussion or something worse. Sure. Like it could have been a lot worse. Oh, it but would have been a fight for sure. Of, I mean, Morris isn't going to just watch Jokic as he comes up to him and goes, oh, look, he's going to deliver a haymaker. Well, Well, I don't think anybody is expecting it. I think everybody maybe expects him to make the two things, and then Will Barton or somebody comes around and does the fake, like, tough guy thing, like, save him. I think you never expect anything like this to happen. Even if he was right in your face. But just the cheap shot nature of it, the NBA has to go – they have to do – they have to go hard on this, especially because it's early in the season. You just can't let somebody, like – well, it doesn't matter. You can't let an NBA player, let alone an MVP, let alone a star player, um, but especially a star player with so many eyeballs on him, uh, get away with something like this with just some sort of uh, minor uh, penalty. You just can't. Uh, I think it's going to be at least a one-game suspension. It probably should be more. Yeah. I, I mean, it did look particularly bad. Uh, and it just the whole MVP chance there just oh. kind of lent itself. It's just a, a, an added layer of ugliness to the whole yeah. thing, like rooting our guy as he's delivering this cheap shot. As again, as Markeith is laying on the floor and you could see him for several minutes, just kind of squeezing his hands there because yeah. you could tell in the replay how he snapped his neck backwards and he lost all sensation there and then kind of he's rubbing his shoulder i guess like what you would call a stinger in football or something like that it's that's what i thought it was yeah, yeah. It, it looks like that i look it it, it sucks it's really painful you're, yeah. you're not quite sure what's going well, on there exactly you're not well said you're not sure it's scary man like when you when you have a stinger like that it's just you don't know like it feels like you might be paralyzed like you just right. don't really know what the next step is and so uh, before we move on here, we just should say like Markeith Morris did get up under his own power, did not need the stretcher. Yeah. Uh, he seems good. Eric Spolster asked about it after right. the game, said Markeith was walking around in the locker room and things like that. But notable that the Miami Heat did not make any players available after the game. You could just tell that they were yeah. still fuming from this. And oh, yeah. the only thing that was going to happen if any of these players were made available were going to be fines. For the for them for speaking out against the officials or, or the league or something like it just wasn't right. going to end well. So luckily uh, for the Heat, this ordeal seems to be over because Marquise Morris is is okay at least from what we see what what we see right now. Eric Spolster said he'll they'll monitor him over the next couple of days. For the Nuggets, it does, this is not over, but for the Heat. They move on to the Lakers. Were you surprised at the flagrant two call on Morris? Because, I mean, it looked like it was a purposeful foul, but it wasn't making contact with his upper head or anything like that. It wasn't like he was trying to hurt him. He was just trying to foul him purposefully to stop the clock. I was really surprised at that foul call. A flagrant two for him, and then an unsportsmanlike foul leading into an ejection for Jokic. A strange call all the way around. And again, a technical for Jimmy, who wound up leading the Miami Heat with 31 points, we should add. He was probably the only player who wound up having a really good night for the Heat. And we'll talk about some of those other players in our next segment. When we play out some uh, report cards here, we have to issue some grades for some players, but... Again, just an ugly night, an ugly loss for Miami. They'll move on. They'll face the Los Angeles Lakers on Wednesday. But before we talk about some of the player performances tonight, do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. You let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying 
for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. It happens to all of us. You sign up for a free trial for an extra thing in your cable bill or or maybe even a, a subscription to a, a magazine or some kind of uh, website that you don't really visit all that much. Uh, on average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. That's great because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. They've helped over 2 million users and they've helped save them over $100 million. Save hundreds instantly on everything from car insurance to your monthly cable bill. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Go right now. That's Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill, that's T R U E B I L L dot com slash locked on NBA. And let me tell you again about Price Picks. We've been telling you about them lately. If you're an NBA fanatic, you've probably heard about Price Picks. And if you've not, let me tell you, their daily fantasy made easy. It has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market offering more NBA props than anywhere else and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. All of your users that deposit and use your promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use the promo code NBA. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code NBA and go to your App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Just a reminder that you can always reach us via email at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskLHeat. Be sure to please subscribe to the show and leave a review. A lot of you won't be able to stay up to watch every game during this road trip, so make sure you subscribe to the show on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Stay up to date on your favorite team, and thanks again for making us your first listen every day. I'm here with Wes Goldberg, and we're going to issue some report cards. You're looking very uh, professorial, I want to say. That's what I'm going for. Thank you. I uh, should also tell people that uh, Wednesday night after the Lakers game, we will have a live stream here on YouTube. We did it last week after the Mavericks win, hoping yeah. for some similar results and uh, similarly uh, uh, awesome support. So make yeah. sure that you guys subscribe on YouTube so that you can be notified when the YouTube live stream begins. We're going to start probably about five minutes uh, left in the game in that Lakers game. Uh, so with about five minutes left in that game, We'll go live and then talk about the game, a little bit of play-by-play, and then get to a recap as we usually do. But yeah, David, I've got my uh, professor gear on. i got a bow tie here um, because we've got to issue some report cards. And Did you ever actually have a – sorry, did you ever actually have a teacher with a bow tie? I never recall actually ever having one. No, I didn't. No. So you're yeah. already ruining my outfit, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, you put a lot of work into it. No, I mean, and, and look, it, it conveys a sense of academia. So I totally get it. I know what you were going okay. for there. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately for this first round of report cards, they're not going to be very good. <laughs> wow. Not a lot of great performances tonight. So no. start us off here. Who do you got first as far as who you're issuing a report card? Well, out the first one has to go to Kyle Lowry and he's going to get an F here. He's going to get F- an F minus. on the whiteboard. An F minus. Kyle Lowry, it's an F minus for him, and I hate having to do this again for the first time we're doing this segment and giving Kyle Lowry a left, uh, an F here, but zero points on zero of eight shooting, 
six missed three-point attempts. He had uh, four assists to three turnovers. That's not the kind of ratio that we're accustomed to seeing from Kyle Lowry, who's a minus 20 in the box score, which was uh, a game low. It was <laughs> yeah. just really bad. He It wasn't just the lack of shooting, David. It was just the sloppy play. I mentioned the three turnovers, man. It felt like more. It right. really did. It just... He wasn't getting the heat into their usual offense. Uh, the kick-ahead passes weren't as accurate as they tend to be. Uh, he just didn't seem on his game. And I don't know what it was. Uh, you can't blame injury because he bounced nope. back from that injury. Had a triple-double against Utah. It's been a while now. Uh, I just I don't know what it is. I don't know if it was the elevation in Denver. I don't know if that is an excuse that everybody can use. This is a, a, a city that the Miami Heat have not won in since 2016. But Lowry had an especially bad game for even all these Heat players. That all had pretty poor performances. And when Lowry plays this poorly, it's really hard to bounce back given how important he is to this team. Yeah, I know. Several balls just went through his hands. Like, even he wasn't able to catch the ball either. Like, his passes were off, his catching was off. Just seemed really, really out of sorts. I had tweeted during the game that everybody seemed like at least a step slower than usual. But he seemed maybe like half a mile behind everybody else. So he he was somewhere halfway between, uh, you know, the elevation point and and wherever. What is it, the name of the, the arena that they play in now? I can't even recall exactly what they used to be. The they changed center. it, Ball Ball Center or something like that. Sure, why not? So yeah, uh, Lowry, not a particularly good game from him. In fact, a, a pretty egregiously bad one. Let's hope that he bounces back when he faces Russell Westbrook and the Los Angeles Lakers on Wednesday. Uh, my first, yeah, sorry. Ball Arena. My first report card uh, will be going out to Duncan Robinson. He started off the game. You could tell that they were trying to go to him early on. Took the first shot of the game, of course, then wound up hitting a couple of three-pointers in a row. Finished four of eight from the field. All of those on three-pointers. Had a couple of rebounds, an assist, a huge block on Nikola Jokic. Perhaps one of the best two-way plays I've seen from any Heat player all season. Block Jokic on one end. Went down on the other end of the possession and then wound up getting a three-pointer and drawing a foul from Aaron Gordon for a four-point play. So overall, a pretty solid night for him. I think just a limited role. Who knows what he might have been able to do in the waning moments of the game if he would have even have played had Miami kept all of their players in the game after that Jokic foul. So I wanted to give him an incomplete but I'm going to give him a B minus. I'm not sure how Heat fans will take it because I know a lot of people have been calling for Duncan's head lately. But a B minus feels right. I feel like he was doing everything he possibly could. He had some weird foul calls go against him. I just I, I mentioned this during, on Twitter during the game. It just seems like that reputation has become cemented at this point, where he can't escape. At one point, he got out rebounded by PJ Dozier, I think, and, and, and just he was. Call for a foul for just standing there. Even as they already had the rebound in the possession, it made no sense to call the foul on him, and yet he was getting called for it. Anyway, I know he'll make a couple of stupid plays here and there throughout the game. That's just the way he plays. But overall, he's showing great effort defensively and offensively. He found his stroke at least for one night. So I don't know if you disagree or agree before we No, I think that's fine. I think he had a really big series, too, where he blocked. um, He had a block on Jokic at the rim, or who was it at the rim? It was Jokic at the rim, and then went down the other end, hit a three. Um, and those are the kind of two-way plays that the Heat were just missing all night, right. right? Is doing something defensively and then making something happen on offense. And Duncan Robinson maybe grading on a scale a little bit there, right? Because he hasn't been playing, uh, he hasn't been shooting so well. And now he's starting to break out a little bit. My next one, David, goes to Bam Adebayo. And I'm going to give Bam a D-plus here. Um, <sighs> only because uh, he did record a double-double. And that's about all I have nice to say about Bam tonight 10 points 
10 rebounds, uh, but got, I don't know, 10 rebounds because there was nobody really else rebounding for the Heat. He got 10 of Miami's 37 rebounds tonight, uh, but went three for 10 overall, uh, two assists, a steal, uh, two turnovers. It wasn't a great game by him. He was obviously the main line of defense between uh, between Nikola Jokic in the basket and Denver's offense that basically did most of their damage near the rim uh, and the basket. Uh, Denver finished with 50 points in the paint. Miami just 26. It's just a really hard way to win. Denver does score a ton of points in the paint. I think they score the most points in the paint in the league or they're really high up and up there in that category. But um, I'm not as interested in talking about Bam's bad game. I know that he'll bounce back. I'm not that concerned about it. What was interesting to me, at least early on in, in the game, and I'm wondering if you noticed this, David, was I felt like there were a lot more dribble handoffs happening with Bam. Mm-hmm. I know that that's been a topic of conversation about how there's a lot less of that in the offense now. Yeah. It was some of that stuff with Duncan Robinson, Kyle Lowry, et cetera, but also right. a lot of it was just to trigger him getting to the role. I thought it worked early on. Obviously, the Heat got away with it, got away from it as the game got right. away from them. But right. it's something all I'm saying is I, I'm not ready to make any conclusions. It's just something that I'm watching for the next actual competitive game that the Heat play. Do we start to see a little bit more of that dribble handoff stuff than we have earlier in the season? Well, I was a little surprised that they didn't try to attack Jokic or at least draw Jokic away yeah. from the paint the same way that he did against Rudy Gobert on Saturday on Utah. Like the mid-range game was almost non-existent. We'll talk about that in the next segment. But you saw, you know, Bam shooting a lot more middies against Utah to draw Gobert away because obviously he's a huge rim protector, but he just didn't do the same thing against Jokic. We know that Bam has always been flummoxed by taller players like Brooke Lopez, Jokic, Gobert, and others. So I was a little surprised to see how they had rolled out their offense. Again, to your point, it seemed like it was working at first. They were kind of holding their own in the first quarter, and then things got just worse and worse from that point forward. I think the point uh, the the lead was as high as 23 at one point I want to say for Denver and things were just getting really, you know, they were getting away from Miami completely. They didn't have any kind of semblance of energy or flow whatsoever offensively, defensively they were getting burnt on almost every possession and then finally they were able to turn things around just however briefly late in the fourth quarter, but none of that mattered after that Morris foul. But anyway, my last player of the game to give a report card out to will be Tyler Hero. After a big game against the Jazz on Saturday, Tyler struggled once again from the field. Three of 12 overall, just 25%. Two of nine from three-point range. Three rebounds, five assists, so maybe trying to dial it up as a playmaker to some degree, but still wind up just notching 11 points. My grade is going to be a D. I could have given him an F. I know a lot of people probably wanted to see him fail on tonight, or not wanted to see him fail, but probably thought he deserved a failing grade. But I saw him kind of catch, if not necessarily fire, at least a spark of something when Jimmy Butler was trying to lead the charge back during that second half comeback for Miami. Tyler was trying to keep step with him, and he did a pretty good job, knocked down a couple of three-pointers, was absolutely providing a spark unlike any other Heat player aside from Jimmy Butler for most of the night. So that's why he doesn't get the full F, maybe even a D-plus. Fair or unfair, Wes? I'm okay with the D plus. I'd give the fourth quarter Tyler Hero a, a B minus, you know, a B yeah. because he, he started that fourth quarter. He missed his first five threes in the game, David, but he made uh back to back threes to begin that fourth right. quarter and get the lead down to 14, which is manageable, right? right. Minnesota, they blew a 16 point lead in the four at seven, the seven minute mark in the fourth quarter against Memphis tonight. Uh, that would have, that was a manageable deficit. Unfortunately, it didn't stay as low as 14. It kind of ballooned right back up to that 20 range. So didn't work out. But um, this was a night where even the briefest spark 
was basically absent. So for Tyler here to just give you a little bit of something in the beginning of the fourth quarter, it's got to count for something more than an F grade. So yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah, well said, Dr. Goldberg. We'll be moving on from our report cards now. And, a lot of uh, Dr. Goldbergs in Miami. I, can, I imagine. Uh, are you related to any of them that you know? No, we're not. Oh. My family's not that intelligent. <laughs> that's why we do. But this. you looked apart. You looked apart at least. That's why. That's all that really matters. But anyway. if there's a doctor, I don't know. Maybe like not a surgical doctor should not be wearing something like this. But like a PhD doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay. yeah that's, a, that's a good point there. Uh, not an MD. That would be weird, right? I no. think going into like <laughs> if you were undergoing <laughs> surgery and you looked up and just saw somebody, no scrubs whatsoever, just glasses and a bow tie, would you feel more or less comfortable? I Only if the bow tie spun around and spit water out of it too. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah, kind of go in there with a laugh. If you're if you're going through anesthesia anyway, might as well just laugh it all up. But uh, you know, one thing you shouldn't laugh is trying to find the right parts for your car or truck. You can go to a store door, a store, traditional storefront, and then you talk to a person behind the counter. They start asking you questions. You're uncomfortable. They don't know what you're talking about. They look up the parts that they have access to on their computer. What's the point? You've got access to computers on your phone or at home, which means you've got access to rockauto.com. Their family-owned business has been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. That's two-plus decades of great customer service. Their website is so easy to navigate. You'll find everything you're looking for with just a few easy clicks. You get it delivered directly and safely right to your door. And best of all, you save money because their low prices are the same for everybody, whether you're a mechanic or a do-it-yourselfer. You can always count on rockauto.com. If you go right now to their website and find the parts that you're looking for for your car or truck, then go to that section that says, how'd you hear about us? And write the phrase locked on so we know they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Thanks again for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. We're wrapping up today's episode talking about the 113-96 to loss to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, an ugly game, uh, not particularly, again, no real semblance of a flow. For all the offensive potency that Miami displayed against the Utah Jazz on Saturday, and I have done for so much of the season, and defensively, the same thing. They've been able to limit opponents to under 100 points. That was not the case. It was the exact inverse of that. And Miami was completely negated from doing anything that they felt comfortable with. I think they had very few, if any, uh, fast break opportunities. I think they wound up scoring, what was it, fast break points? I can't see it here. Oh, uh, 15 for Miami. That was mostly in the second half, again, as they were trying to capitalize on some of those three-pointers, those hero three-pointers that you mentioned in the previous segment. Just not their game at all. They just were taken out, reduced to a half-court offense. And in that half-court, they weren't particularly effective either. Their three-point shooting was solid. Again, mostly later on in the first half was woeful. But their mid-range game, especially Tyler Heroes, John, you know, again, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, all these guys that thrive in the mid-range, weren't able to hit on those shots. Only five made field goal attempts uh, from the mid-range, other than three-pointers or points in the paint. They didn't really have much else going for themselves offensively and not really getting to the line much aside from Jimmy Butler, who was you know, consistently good at being able to get to the line. What did you see from Denver's defense that was yeah. able to limit what Miami did offensively? I think a lot of the credit has to go to Denver's defense. This is one of the top-rated defenses in the NBA. Mike Malone does an awesome job with them, and they had scouted Miami well. We have talked yep. about teams that have given the Heat offense fits uh, this season over the last week or so. There are teams that are able to put a lid on the transition game a little bit. The, the Nuggets yep. certainly did that, like you talked about. Only 
15 transition points. I think three of those were in garbage time because I was looking at that at that stat. I think it was 12 uh, for most of that fourth quarter. Um, and uh, that half court, like they just took them out of everything they wanted to do right. in their half court sets. They weren't getting the pick and roll stuff that they're accustomed to getting. Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, they were having a hard time getting downhill. And the thing right. that I kept finding myself going back to, David, I kept thinking about this during the game was, boy, it really feels like Miami could use a few, like one more, like, legit three-point shooter, right? Because Duncan Robinson had it going tonight, but Tyler Hero, he's a good three-point shooter. He's shooting 40%, at least before this dud of a game. He was shooting 40% from three-point range. Max Struess, I know, is coming back eventually. We should mention that uh, he was warming up before the game. It looks like his return could be looks sooner than maybe the originally upgrade, thought. Yeah, upgraded to yeah. questionable before the game. Yeah. So, so maybe he plays in one of these LA games. We'll see. But mm-hmm. even with Struess, I mean, he's not exact. He's a good three-point shooter. He's not exactly proven. Right. Uh, I, I, there's just, I, I know you and I have talked about backup point guard, maybe another big man or something like that, but I'm starting to wonder if, if there's another three point shooter out there available when it becomes trade deadline buyout market type of season, if that's something that they should be going, uh, looking in that direction, because if teams are going to start scouting this hard, especially come playoff time, it feels like they could use one more shooter to sort of loosen up the offense, especially in the half court. Yeah, and I forgot to mention when I was giving him his grade earlier, but Duncan Robinson picked up three early fouls in the first half, yeah. uh, and then he picked up a fourth foul almost immediately at the start of the second half as well. So, uh, you know, he was kind of taken out there, and I kept thinking to myself, this would have been a great opportunity to bring Struess in to fill in those minutes because we've seen that from Spolstra in the past when when you see Duncan either not getting into his rhythm and not knocking down shots or picking up early fouls like he did today, you can go with Struess and you're not getting a significant drop-off. In fact, you might be getting a, a similar element and also an added element because he's a little bit more aggressive in his drives to the rim than Duncan is at this point in his career. Instead, Spo had to go to Caleb Martin, who's been fine. He's been a nice addition. He's, he provides a great spark offensively in the sense that he's you know got that kind of long-limbed athleticism. He tries hard on defense, but tying it all together just hasn't come yet for him. I imagine he'll probably be wanting... Oh, winding up in Sioux Falls at some point soon so he can get some additional minutes, especially if Max is able to come back healthily. But you're right, they're missing a little bit of something there. And it would have been nice to have Struess out there to be able to fill some of those minutes for Duncan when he did pick up those early fouls. I don't know. It, it was just it was just an ugly game. I, I mean, I, I it's late. Uh, a lot of people were watching this game in the first place, and you certainly don't want to stay up late to watch a game to see Miami absolutely crap to bed as completely as they did today. And while there was some nice spark there later on in that second half, overall, it's a game that's been largely forgettable. And let's move on from that, and let's kind of look ahead and see what happens on Wednesday when they do take on the Los Angeles Lakers. As you pointed out before, we'll be having a live stream late in that game and then going into uh, the post game as well and talking about that game. Uh, what are you look to, looking forward to seeing, aside from your prediction regarding Russell Westbrook and, and Duncan Robinson? Do you see anything else on the horizon regarding the Los Angeles Lakers matchup? No, I think if you're the Heat, you just got to bounce back and you can't allow, you know, the Lakers haven't been awesome. LeBron James isn't going to play. Russell Westbrook is going to probably be inefficient. Uh, I think you just got to put a lid on whatever he could do in transition. And then you got to try to work your own transition game back. Those opportunistic place in those places that we've talked about on the show in, in the past. So that's what I'm looking for. It's just a Heat bounce back game because, look, I predicted that they would lose in Denver. I didn't think they would lose like this, but... This is a team that, like I said, they've lost every single time in Denver since 2016. Have not won since November of 2016 in Denver. So this is not a a, a good place for the Heat to play. They, uh, right. but I, I think that they can bounce back, especially on the first game of a long road trip. And I think now the stage is set for a bounce back game. 
uh, and to do so with uh, back-to-back games uh, in Los Angeles. I was a little surprised, to be honest with you. I know we kept talking about the resiliency of this team, the way that they kind of understand the assignment every time they know what's at stake here. And we thought that they would go into this road trip. You did predict that they would lose tonight, albeit that Jimmy Butler would score a season high. He came very, very close. But at the same time, uh, what's that? 31, 31 points. Yeah, 31, yeah. 31 points. Yeah. I mean, a, a fantastic game from Jimmy. But at the same time, like I, I thought I thought Miami would know what was at stake here and wanted to kind of set the tone early. You're right. Denver, extremely difficult place to find a way to win. And at the same time, I, I was expecting a little bit more, but I wonder if this is going to be a pattern for them. Well, they will have these incredible highs and then occasionally just have some real duds of the game uh, you know, scattered throughout the whole regular season. Yeah, I mean, it could. Uh, look, it's an 82-game regular season. It's a long yeah. regular season. You're going to have duds uh, throughout. The thing is, it just felt like last year these duds were every other night, where yeah. um, this year uh, they've got a lot of really great signature wins. So I don't think it's time to get even close to that panic button. Absolutely not. They can still go 4-1 and one on this road trip. In fact, they probably will because they're they're facing some inferior opponents later on down the stretch, not including the Utah Jazz, who will be hosting Miami after uh, looking for some revenge following that loss on Saturday. But, uh, well, Denver will be back uh, in town in, in late November. I think November 29th is what they November said. November 29th, NBA TV, talking yeah. about revenge. Yeah, Udonis Haslam with some first quarter minutes there against uh, Nikola Jokic, I'm sure. That should be a fun one. But thank you, as always, for tuning in to Locked on Heat. Make sure, again, to subscribe to the show. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We've been putting out some great content there. And so many people have been uh, giving us great feedback on it. It's been a really positive reception on our new videos there. And, you know, we're on week two of this. And hopefully you'll be enjoying most of our content moving forward. But as always, we welcome all of your feedback. You can always reach us via email at LockedOnHeat via gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskLHeat, or you can even send us a direct message. Uh, that's, you know, that's wrapping up today's episode. Thanks again for making us your first listen. Make sure that you make Locked On Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd your second listen of the day. He hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. This is David Ramil signing off for now. Thank you so much for joining me, Wes. Um.